Good afternoon, everybody. Thank you and welcome for joining us for today's podcast. I am joined by Ian. How are you? Proudly sporting his Liverpool shirt, even though that they are terrible. I'm sorry. I don't have a uh, two sizes, too small Fulham shirt anymore, Alex. Yeah, I no. donated it. Two sizes. I, that's been <laughs> that's been generous, that is. Uh, lockdown has not been... Cl- I'm looking forward to playing five-a-side on Monday. I'm, I'm going to be blowing out my ass. I'm going to look like us when we played Walsall. Blowing blowing out my ass after about ten minutes. <laughs> Bruce, how are you? I'm Talk- all right, thank you, Alex. Are you? Yeah, your fitness is far superior to everybody else's. What are you getting in now? Are you daily run, isn't it? Uh, not every day, but I'm, I've I've enjoyed. It. It's been one of the highlights of lockdown, really, for me. Well, not the highlights. Um, getting fit again. Yeah, it's about all you can do, really, isn't it? Get fit, or you can stay in and eat and drink. Yeah, absolutely. Tom, how are you? I can't see you on camera, but I assume you're well. I'm very good, thank you. Yeah, I don't know why my camera isn't working all of a sudden. Stupid computer. It's all right. It's given up. That's all. Driving me around the twist already. <laughs> well, talking of driving you around the twist, uh, the Mariners played Bradford yesterday. Uh, we lost 1-0. Uh, we will get on to the elephant in the room at some point. Uh, but let's talk about the actual game. Um Personally, it felt like the second half kind of disappeared in a um, in a smoke of indignation and anger and annoyance and frustration. But overall, it was a, I thought we as, until the goal. I thought we were the better team. We created a few chances, but again, we were probably lacking that that sort of venom up front that you need from someone to be able to to kick a ball in with a bit of anger and a bit of well accuracy would have helped as well. We had plenty of venom up front, didn't we? Won that part of the problem. <laughs> <laughs> We certainly fought till the end, didn't we? Um, what did you guys make of it? Um, we'll, um, we'll do the whole hands-up thing again. Tom, you'll just have... Can you do it with your little button? Uh, let me have a look. Don't think I've got that button either, to be honest uh, with you. Well, you can, just, you can just chime in then. Yeah. I'll come to you. Tom, <laughs> what did you make of it? Um, of the game? Yeah, thought... let's talk about the proper stuff first. I thought we played okay, to be fair. Um, I thought when they scored, uh, it was they had been coming back into the game, but overall in the first half, it was slightly against the run of play. Um, I thought we were playing quite well, as usual, without really creating loads of clear co- opportunities, but we certainly were putting pressure on their goal area. Um, and if we'd have gone in at half time, one nil down, eleven v eleven, I would have been fairly confident that we would have got back into the game. Did you um did anyone sort of distinguish themselves in performances or was it just a relatively good team effort? Uh, I thought it was a good team effort overall. I thought uh I thought Giles Coke played well yesterday. I like him. I think he's been Relatively speaking, quite a good addition. He um, he just does the simple things quite well. Just gets the ball, keeps it moving. Um, Led the line as well. He was captain yesterday, didn't he? Yeah, I thought Maka made a couple of decent saves again. 
Uh, I thought we missed Lenny yesterday. His hold-up play really, <laughs> uh, or his lack of presence for holding up the ball really showed yesterday, especially um, sort of towards the end of the first half when they started to come back into the game. We just lost it a bit when we weren't quite getting things to stick. Um, so they would be my picks. Yeah. What about you two gentlemen? What did you make of it all? Uh, well, I'll wait for one of you to put your hands up. I'll just say that um, I feel there's a lack of urgency, though. And, and I felt that for a couple of games now. We don't seem to be a team playing for our lives. We seem to be a team that is very capable and is playing in midfield where it'd be nice to get a win, but it's not the end of the world if we don't. Um, Ian, what did you make of it? And if you want um, to answer that, then by all means. Yeah, no, I think, you, I think you're right. But I guess that part of that is maybe that it's... Hurst's thing of keeping shape and it's not about what necessarily we would look at as urgency in terms of bombing around the pitch and um, trying to close things down, which I guess can, I'm not disagreeing with you by the way, but I guess that obviously kind of emphasises any sort of lack of urgency that people might pick up on. (laughs) Um, I think, yeah, yesterday there was nobody in particular that stood out to me. It was a decent generally speaking, overall team performance. Um, obviously, the incident at halftime probably killed a lot of um, anything going forward, not just in terms of actually coming out again at 1-0 down, but just the way it... 1-0 one, one down and a man down, but the way it all unfolded as well probably uh, didn't do a lot for us. Um, I think that probably what you'll find is Hurst is getting the team to be as solid as possible. Um, and then more hoping for a bit of a bit of luck with a counter or a, somebody coming up with something. The problem is that I don't know anybody in this side that regularly is going to come up with something off their own bat. Was it was it Hendry that found himself Van Basten in it every now and then and and sort of hammering it up from the back, trying to make something? Uh, yeah, I think it was. To be fair and. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, we had a little bit of uh, criticism, I think, maybe a month or so ago now, but he seems yeah. to have come back stronger since then and and improved. Maybe the change to uh, four at the back has done him some favours. Maybe a change in partner alongside him has helped him. I know we've commented on Hewitt a few times. Maybe that's helped him as well. Um, but he certainly seems to have improved. And the only thing with that is that then become the rumours of um, whether somebody like Bradford's going to come back in for him again if we go down. Yeah. Um Bruce, it was. We don't really talk about the opposition much, but Bradford, I would say, have got a relatively. Um, I've got luxuries up front. They've got a raft of them. I would, I would kill for their attacking lineup. They didn't really seem to, to offer anything. I mean, if you've got Charles Vernon on the bench, you you should be laughing, shouldn't you? I didn't think they threatened as much. How did you think the performance was? But where I saw it on Twitter and uh, on Sky Sports News. Um... It was quite quiet till they scored, to be honest. Um, no, I, I didn't actually watch the game, mate. I, I took, yeah. I tried to take one for the team, um, <laughs> and uh, we've done quite well. There was a game a couple of games ago where we went one nil up, and I wasn't, I hadn't got myself sorted out to watch it at that point. So I've, I sort of tried with the old um, Jason Stockwood traditions, and uh, I stuck with my routine. And yeah, I can watch it again from next game now because I didn't see, but. Um, the only problem yeah, is, is you I, I do know, to... I do know that they've got a, a you know, a raft of options and a seemingly big budget and 
from by all accounts, from what I did see on social media and what I did, you know, they didn't seem any better than us. This is the the disappointing thing. I think Chris Parker tweeted yesterday that, you know, it's such a poor division this year and we're still bottom of it. I was I was going to say, I assumed what you had, what you'd done is you didn't watch any of the football. You just waited until half time when the whistle blew. You knew you could turn that camera on and watch the rest of it. Just watch a little bit of them going back into the dressing room just to see how it was going. And that's where it all went a bit tits up. Well, I did think it was weird that somebody that I'd seen a message to say it was half time, and then then Sky Sports said Stephen Payne sent off forty five plus one. Um, oh, anyway, yeah. Right. Well, let's talk about it. Um, I've calmed down a little bit, but it is probably um, it is on a par with. Can you remember the one of the last games of Slade's reign at Yeovil when I think Carly Osborne got sent off for fighting. Gavin Gunning, I think, also got sent off for a number of horrendous challenges, and it just seemed like discipline had, had, had gone out the window. It's probably one of the most unprofessional acts I've ever seen. And, I mean, we've all talked about Stephen Payne being, let's be honest, a lazy shit, not chasing down empty balls, not chasing down um, lost causes. Um, and Philip Moraes, who'd came in, does it, does it seem like he just wasn't having that? It wasn't a great pass. What did you all make of it? I'm happy to open it up. Um, it would be better than my rantings of it. Ian? Um, no, you're right. It wasn't a great pass, but then kind of something you've alluded to a moment ago in terms of that urgency, you would still expect to see your striker when you're bottom of the league fighting for your lives, just gone 1-0 down just before half-time to be chasing the defender into the corner and trying to put pressure on. You know, it's that old, it's a bit Sunday league when I say this, but you get a throw in right up near the corner flag, you box everybody in, you don't know what happens from there, play the percentages and things. But the Marais is obviously not right in the first instance to be reacting the way he is to somebody that's clearly um, not in the right frame of mind to receive that level of criticism, shall we say, at that point in time. It's pretty obvious for a good 10, 15 seconds that Payne is not exactly taking the information well. Um, however, that doesn't excuse the reaction at all. And it's absolutely ridiculous that um, a professional footballer should react like that to his teammates. I'd hate to see that in any of the teams that I've ever played in at any level whatsoever, let alone from people being paid hundreds, if not thousands of pounds a week to play. Um, and I've seen messages since then that he there's the suggestions that he was um, sort of crying after the game and things like that, or in tears, shall we say. Um, and the, unfortunately, there's a fair chance that it's actually going to cost him his professional career just because of a, a, a daft moment. Um, because let's be honest, he's come to Grimsby, bottom of the league, scored one goal, I think, played most weeks. And he's now going to be, well, he's up and down the country as the guy who's headbutted one of his own teammates. Um, it's made national news, hasn't it? And, right, and exactly. international, yeah. <clears throat> yeah, exactly. So, <clears throat> excuse me. I the assume that's are... what you're on later with, Tom, isn't it? Uh, yeah, I'm on a Spanish podcast called La Media Inglesa, which talks about um, English football mainly, uh, but, you know, certainly football in the British Isles. Um, and, yeah, they noticed it and uh, <laughs> got in touch. <laughs> Sorry, Ian. I had to ask him that. I assume that's why Tom was going on. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I, 
I just it's an absolutely ridiculous thing to do. There's not much more that I don't think anybody can say about it. The only thing that I would add, and I'm at, I'm adding a level of pessimism here, is that there was messages going round of, you know, his direct messages on Twitter are open. Everybody send yeah, him a message. I really hope that although people were very frustrated, there's nothing stupid that comes out the back of that. You know, we've spoken before about um, people messaging players on social media and how unfair it is. And um, at times, shall we say, now yesterday, Payne probably deserves a bit of stick. But if there's anything that goes beyond the realms of fair stick, then I would hope that anybody else would call them out as well for those comments. If there has been any made, I should add, because I've not seen any suggestions yet. I saw and I very much doubt Payne has come on his social media since then. Yeah. I saw Nathan Jarman also getting a bit of grief for just asking Danny North what had happened. <laughs> oh. <laughs> um, Bruce, I, I've got to say, I, Stefan Payne doesn't really seem a Paul Hurst sort of player. I've questioned his sort of lack of ability to chase down lost causes and and he's not sort of that attitude that I'd expect from... He's, he's almost chalk and cheese compared to Lenny. He has contributed. What were your What are your thoughts on him? I assume you've seen the incident now, but do you have anything to say on it? The incident just makes me sad. You know, to see my team doing that and a player that's representing my club uh, do that uh, at a time when they can ill, ill afford it. Really, um, if we were mid table, I'd still be fed up. But as you as you've all said, we're scrapping, fighting for our lives. 99% of the team are giving their all, game in, game out. Yes, it might prove to not be good enough. Um, but yeah, the, the incident just makes me sad and, and, a little, and, and, and angry, but mostly sad that that's, again, it just it smacks of the sort of ill-discipline that we had in the seasons we got relegated previously. But as you say, the characteristics of the team and the makeup of the, of the team that we've got now don't reflect that. And it just is not what you would expect from, as you say, a player that, that Paul Hurst signed. But we've talked about it before. I'm sure Paul Hurst hasn't got, you know, people saying, oh, we've got to bring in 10 new players and we've, we've been over that. It's all ground. I'm, I'm sure that if he was sat where one of you is, they'd say to, he'd say to me now, well, I, I didn't get the players that I wanted. These are the third, fourth choice players. Um, and maybe that's where he thought he could get a game out of, out of pain and he was available and the money was maybe right and he's let him down hasn't he and I, I can't see him playing again I can't see I can't see him unless he tries to use it when he's back but he's only on a contract till the end of the season by the time he comes back from a three game ban we've got what three games left I suspect it'll all be done and dusted so I, I don't think we'll see him again Tom what are your thoughts on it it'd be good to get everybody's ideas on it uh, well, it's an absolute disaster. I think as someone who has been saying we can stay up um, for quite a while, um, we... Uh, hang on. Do it, Tom. Come to the dark side. Do it, Tom. You've got two Toms here. I'm slightly worried. <laughs> there we go. Yeah, I think it's funny saying that we can stay up if there was a if you could sort of pinpoint a moment where uh, that has possibly um killed that hope i think that would be it because yesterday in the game i, I really felt like we were playing well and 
no, that's. I think it's worth remembering that Bradford have been doing okay recently, um, and we were matching them. Uh, and then we've at a, sort of a crucial point, not just in the game but in the season, we've gone down to ten men through two players just completely losing it. Um, yeah, it's a total disaster. I wouldn't be surprised if neither of them played for us for the rest of the season. Obviously, it's more difficult with Moraes because he's contracted for a longer period. Um, but I, I wouldn't be surprised to see him both sort of out the door when it, listening to that Hurst interview as soon as he can sort of confirm those things. Um, a guy, Sea uh, Bully came off, uh, t- a guy tweeted, Sea uh, <laughs> Bully tweeted us asking, what it, and probably something I've just mentioned actually, what does Hurst see in pain? Even before yesterday, I don't know why he picked him. I, I guess he's done a bit of hold-up play. Tom, what are you going to say to it? Uh, I think we touched on this a few weeks back, people saying, um, you know, what does Payne do? And basically, I think he's been asked to play as like a winger who can do a defensive job. And to be fair to him, up to yesterday, I would argue that he's done that and he's done it quite well. Um, he's proved, especially when Clifton was playing left-back, because he's been playing on the left-hand side, correct me if I'm wrong, quite a bit. Was he on the right yesterday? He was on the right yesterday, wasn't he? Yeah. But he's basically provided a bit of protection for the full-back slipping into that um, thing that Hurst is trying to do where we sort of get to half-time and we're still in the game. Uh, and I think he he has done that quite well. Uh Lenny's obviously been the battering ram and we've been reliant on Payne and Hanson to help bring other people into the game, which I would argue hasn't worked spectacularly. But I think defensively, Payne has been asked to do a job and he's done it pretty well. Were you the one that was pointing out that against Salford, uh, when he came off, that's where the goal came from, that side of the the pitch? Yeah. I don't know. I can't remember to be honest. I'll I'll, accre- I'll accredit it to you, um, but um, when when Payne came off, that was the side of the. Were you talking about the def- defensive duties? That that side was was his side, uh, and that might lean towards what you were saying. That was all. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> There's not much you can say to that, really, is there? Anybody got anything? What do you think Hurst is going to do? Do you think Moraes is in just as much trouble? He made a point of of blaming both players. Uh, they're both. We we touched on it last se- last week as well. We need our senior pros to step up, and I I would hope it's not up against each other, uh, but that seems to not be the case. Ian, what do you think is going to happen? Um, I, I kind of said myself that Marais has got to take some of the blame because sometimes when you're talking to somebody, you've got to realise the the place they're in and how it's being taken. And as I said, there was a good ten fifteen seconds of Marais shouting at pain with very, well, Payne almost walking past him with his head down, and Marais just carries on the conversation. Um, it was on the way to the dressing room, do it in there. You know, if <laughs> let's be honest, if Payne headbutts Marais in the dressing room, but the referee doesn't see it, all that happens is Paul Hurst makes two subs, we stay with 11 men, and we go back on the pitch, and you never know from there, 11 v 11. Well, um, from what we know in the past, it looks like if someone gets headbutted in the dressing room, some people might not be going on holiday in Italy. <laughs> Whitley. <laughs> yeah, Whitley. <laughs> <laughs> but um, 
I think it'd be harsh on Marais if he didn't play for the club again on the back of that. Because if Payne turns around and doesn't react in the way he has, then what you're probably finding on social media is a series of tweets from fans talking about how Marais is showing passion for the club and to try and get a result. It's only the reaction that has brought what Marais did into con- into um, the spotlight. Yeah, no, I agree. Hurst's interview, I thought it was really good. I think it was one of those sort of defining interviews that you get from a manager. It sh- oh, sorry, Tom, were you going to say something about Marais? I, I didn't see your hand up. I was reading tweets. Yeah, I, I just, uh, I take Bruce's point and it always baffles me, sort of, you know, just football in general seems to lead like a life of its own. In any other job, if you square up to one of your colleagues <laughs> in the workplace, you're out the door. Um, and that applies to whether you squared up first or he squared up first. I think if you like in an office and two of you square up to each other, you, you're out the door, aren't you? But you're certainly on like the absolute last warning. Um, and I, like listening to Paul Hurst's interview, I think that's basically what he was weighing up, wasn't he? Uh, one of many things that he was weighing up. It sounds, uh, we'll go back to the interview in a second, actually, but there's something that came up. We obviously understood, we've kind of got a better idea of what happened back in 09 10 uh, from Linwood's interviews that were quite. Um, quite uh quite sort of depressing for me to hear really but um we've had sean scannell this season like storming off down the tunnel we've had montel gibson decided to do a gender reveal party at home during covid regulations after we'd already broken covid regulations of being the only club uh, getting our wrist slapped for it and then we've got this sort of thing it kind of gives you an idea exactly the mindset of some of the senior professionals in our club and what paul hurst has to deal with in the background doesn't it and it, it doesn't read much better than those players that were apparently getting pissed in Laceby arms and then heading off to training sort of thing. There's certainly a, a lack of professionalism going on that is even bubbling to the surface that I wouldn't have expected to see, but it's probably what you'd expect for a team rock bottom of the Football League. I don't know if anybody has anything to say on that. I've, I haven't even mentioned that before. Bruce? No, I think you're right. I think there's there's always going to be there's going to be reasons, isn't there, why why these why, why a team is rock bottom of the league, and ill discipline um, is is up there with probably a lack of fitness and a lack of quality. Um, that that you know the, the the sort of three or four or maybe lack of organisation, um, and we've probably touched on most of them this season. You can see why Hurst brought in the likes of Lenny and the likes of Giles Cokin. If he's got to deal with that sort of immaturity in the training ground you bring in someone like Lenny who will run through walls for you who will do exactly what you need him to do you know what he'll, he'll give you then you've got Giles Coke who seems to be just as uh, just as resilient as well um you can see why he's made those those sort of acquirements as well as well as going for I don't know James Vaughan or someone decent um yeah his interview I thought it was quite good I thought he came across really well he, he sounded like a man broken and was thoroughly at the end of his tether that he's come back after five years and the place has been left to rack and ruin. And uh, yeah, he's seen what he, what he has. Did anybody else get any thoughts from that interview? I assume we've all heard it. 
we, we're getting nods, people. Eventually, eventually, yeah. when we yeah, when we found it, <laughs> Umberside didn't. So they, they tweeted our tweet at seven in the morning on uh, Saturday, and uh, the the one saying that there was you know the letter going out to all the shareholders, and then uh, there was nothing after that. I don't know. They, they, they went into one of those in some sort of online silence, I think. But um, it stunned everybody. Let's be honest. I think I I thought he's. I, I think to be fair, since he's come back. Um, the interviews have always been honest. He says it himself. I'll be, I'm, I'm honest, you know, and maybe sometimes too much so. But, but it's better for me than all the flannel that we've we've been getting, uh, which was all well and good while things were going okay. But as soon as things start to unravel, if you start, if you if you're spinning a yarn every every time you you, you interviewed, then it's gonna it's gonna end in end messily. But I just he felt he, he sounded like I feel, and yeah. And uh, you know he 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 just can't believe that. All right, we went, we got relegated to the conference. It took us six years to get out of it. You know, four or five years of that he was here, um, and we got promoted on a day that has not many days that match it in the lives of many town fans. Not for the achievement of getting out of the conference yeah. back into the league, but for what it meant after what we'd been through. And then we stood still and thought, oh, we'll be all right again. We didn't learn from any mistakes in 07, 08, 08, 09, you know, the leading up to the relegation. And it's not like and there the... were some warnings, is it? Again, it's we we Michael Jolly performed miracles. It's a it's a it's a it's a revolving door, which is which is the one a revolving door, sorry, that's not right, but it's a recurring, it's just recurring. It's just recur it's just recurring. Um and uh, this is one of the big criticisms of the current board, really. Um, we've never heeded error. We've never heeded warnings. We've never, they've, they've never learned from mistakes. We just keep doing the same old things because we do. And we, they know better. And look where it keeps getting us. And, and, and Paul Hurst, I think, just is stunned and can't believe what has gone on at the club and what hasn't happened. You know, he wanted a few things when we got promoted back into the league that could make us a little bit more professional, a bit more competitive, and he didn't get them. And you can't blame him for moving on. Yeah. And uh, and he's come back four years later, and here we are again. And, and it and it makes me sick. Yeah, absolutely. Anybody else got anything to add on Hurst's interview? I thought it was, I thought it changed a lot of people's opinions on him. Um, I'm slightly worried there are far too many people still being quite negative about him. Um, some criticism, I guess, is due for the fact that we haven't acquired that many points. But this is a poison chalice of a time to join the club. Ian? Um, I was chatting to a friend of mine uh, yesterday over WhatsApp about this, uh, about Hurst's um, lack of points since he's come in. And I think that he's probably been a little bit unlucky in some ways. Um because short of him going out there at times and defending himself, what have we conceded? Three last-minute goals? Um, or late yeah. goals, shall we say? We've had um, a, a non-penalty given against us in the Newport game. Um, we've had two goals ruled out that both have looked good to me. One at Salford and then one that went straight in from the corner, I believe, um, yeah. three weeks yeah. ago. <clears throat> you know, there's been a, there's a lot of moments i guess in there christ i that... forgot about that corner goal how how bad is my memory 
um, there's there's a lot of moments in there you know the performances have generally been let's be honest if it was a standard season and we weren't fighting for our lives people would just go oh it's turgid stuff and and it is relatively turgid stuff there's not a lot of invention going on but then there's obviously all the mitigating factors for that in terms of what Hurst has come in to build with and work with as well um but there's what eight moments there that we've just mentioned which and you're not even you're not even mentioning Declan Bourne as a referee at Salford. No, well, but to be fair, I mean the Salford goal that I think it was Payne that scored it actually wasn't it? Yeah. Um, for that being disallowed, and I can't still see the reason why. Um, obviously, as I say, there's the Jamil Matt one. There's been three last minute goals. To be fair, a few of them have come in the same game, such as Payne's disallowed goal and then the the last minute equaliser. But even if let's say we picked up five extra points in those games I would have been at Tom levels of expectation from sort of three weeks ago in terms of yeah. how our future might stand at the moment um, but it's just un- he's he's got to a point unfortunately where there's been so many different individual moments go against him and us as a team let's not forget because I don't think that the players are doing any of these things deliberately as we said when we spoke about Waterfall's mistake from a few weeks ago but Short of Hurst going out there and either defending or sticking the ball in the back of the net himself, I'm not overly sure that there's tons more he could have done at the moment. Maybe he could have gone out and got that striker that was going to get 10 goals for us in the running. But let's be honest, who was going to come and join the club um, on the running? And another problem that we've got as well this season is previously we've had loanees that have come in and saved us. We've spoke about this before. But this year, a lot of clubs are not happy to see players on the fringes of their squad loaned out because of COVID regulations. That means that if somebody in their team catches COVID and four or five players have to isolate, then all of a sudden you need those fringe players to come in and play. So you're tending to find that a lot of people are only happy to send out the real youngsters out rather than anybody with a bit of experience and proven ability, which I know, for example, Tom doesn't like the guy and I don't like the guy either, but Barry Conlon coming in was comparatively proven quality to the kind of loanies that we've been getting in this season. Yeah, that's true. Um, anybody got anything else to add on the interview? And then I'll just add a question. So Dan asked at the question, which I think round quite rightly rounds it off. Should Paul Hurst be here next season or should we get a clean break? Personally, he's here all day long. I'd give him till um, I'd give him another year, 18 months, really give him a couple of transfer windows and see what he does. Um, I'll go with Tom first. Is he? I, I think this is a yes from everyone, but I just want to check. Tom, should Hurst be here next season? Definitely for me. I, I find it really hard to understand uh, people who are saying he's been a failure and sort of comparing him to what Holloway did in the first half of the season because he's basically picking up Holloway's mess, as Ian just alluded to to there and yourself like if if he'd have been given a proper pre-season season we there's no way would be where we are now and I think you've got to give him a a, a proper chance to put things right again perfect Bruce yes nice I like that one <laughs> Ian um yes for me the only me concern I would have is because of ill feeling from this season um, and going down is if he doesn't kick the ball off rolling pretty quick next year, how 
much stick is he going to get from the fans? Because let's not forget, he's not a new manager coming in, technically speaking. He's a guy who's been here for six years that people will remember some of the history of. So if after 10 games next year, we're you know, on 15, 16 points and in 10th in the league, if we go down, then it are people looking at his position and is he getting a bit more stick and criticism? It's a relation. It's, it's almost in a way, it's a relationship. You've been with someone for six years. There's going to be bound to be a straw that breaks a camel's back. If they've left the, the, the cap off the milk too long, if they've brought on Danny Parslow too often, um, it, there's going to be something that causes tension and hopefully people will get brought on side. I've not seen Paul Hurst so passionate uh, before and it's, it's, I can understand it. It's been his managerial work, really, being at town, and to see it been put to rack and ruin, uh, it must it must uh, infuriate. Um, a little bit brighter news. Um, so, uh, Sariki Dembele uh, yesterday scored a couple for Peterborough. Uh, we've got an idea, maybe, of what we might be getting if he was to be sold. He's got a year left on his contract because I believe they took on an extension. Is this the is this the footballing fortune? We have been expecting. Um, he's a. I wasn't a massive fan of him here, but he's obviously ripping League One up. The rumours are that we get a hundred k if Portsmouth. If Portsmouth, if Pot is that'd be random. If Peterborough go up um, to the Championship, and then we get roughly 25 percent of profits on what we sold him to, to off from Peterborough. So I think we sold him for what two hundred grand, three hundred grand, something like that. So then we we make a 25% profit on everything above that. Um, are you? Is this the footballing fortune we were expecting? I don't expect we'll spend much time on talking about this, but it's a, a nice little positive to be having coming up along, isn't it? That question got away from me. It'll be a nice bonus if it comes in. And based on, obviously, a brief chat at the start, I was looking through Peterborough's transfer history because they've sold a lot of players recently, haven't they? It tends to be their thing of yeah. they sell one player a season to fund... Um, a few new arrivals coming in. It's kind of, in fairness, the old um, Scunthorpe model as well. Um, so, for example, they made um, five million last summer, I think it was, on uh, a striker leaving, and then there's a couple of other five and seven million pound players going out as well. So, uh, what did he go to Peter before? Two hundred and fifty grand, Dembele. Yeah, something like that. And um, it was never disclosed. If we were to get. If he was to go for that four or five million bracket, it would be a very, very nice windfall for us. It would be nicely timed regardless of whichever league we're in because you would like to think that that will either go on improvements within the club or to um, Paul Hurst's transfer budget. Um, but of course, then you've also got to consider whether anybody in the championship can afford to pay four or five million this season after a year <laughs> of no attendances. Well, all I can say is good luck, Peterborough, and we're with you all the way. <laughs> um, gents, have you got anything to add on that or we'll move on to, to the next piece? Great. Uh, again, something we probably won't touch on too much. Uh, one of Ian's favourite um, journalists uh, wrote an article today sort of um, pulling back the, the, the peel of the, um, the fake facade of old uh, Runaway. Um, it was a relatively scathing interview from Rod Liddle of the Times. It's well worth having a look at. I believe Sophie Bray, I think, uh, uh, tweeted it out earlier. Uh, so you can have a look if you've not got the, the old paywall. Um, but um, it was a relatively good article. I don't know if anybody else read it. Uh, Ian obviously reads his stuff quite reg regularly. So 
I was so upset when you told me that was written by Rod Little because on any Sophie Bray's messages, I couldn't see who had actually written that. So I'm glad that it was put out for free and I wasn't actually linking to any of his uh, articles or anything like that. Um, there was there was some small mercies in there. It's nice that there were, we were we were um, in the public domain today for something other than you know players attacking one another. Tom, did you read it? I thought it was quite a nice little. It's nice to see someone in the mainstream media getting out from behind his ass. Oh, you're on mute, mate. I think. Am I? Yeah, there you go. I can hear you now. Uh, I did read it. I thought it was, uh, yeah, it was quite scathing. Equally, quite true. Uh, um, me and um, Ian raised our doubts about him, basically highlighting the sort of things that was said in the article when he first came to town, uh, and obviously that sort of proved to be true in the end unfortunately yeah uh, yeah it doesn't it's but it is nice that there is somebody out there giving an alternative view to <laughs> his managerial style if you like well let's 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 bruce this afternoon said that we needed to to display a more positive outlook on the club today and you can understand why I was going to ask him what positives can be taken away from um, <laughs> from Stephen, Stephen Payne headbutting Philip Moraes, but <laughs> I think we've already discussed them. Anyone who's got a shareholder will have received these pieces in the post. Uh, it looks like the takeover is going to be confirmed for the 5th of May at an AGM. Bruce, are we on, are we on YouTube now? Yeah. That's is that why we... you're waving the paper about? Yeah, that's it. Yeah, that's why I've <laughs> shaved my hair. And I, I've got a beard and everything now. I hear, Tom, I hear, I hear Talk Sport are doing it. I, I, I didn't realise we'd moved on to that. I would have uh, I'd have made more of an effort. <laughs> We're going to start being sponsored by Selco and stuff like that. Um, how are you feeling about it? Have you you've taken time to read it, go through it? Are there any takeaways that you've you've taken from it that the the audience should know about? I'm not actually a shareholder, but I have seen the snippets that people have put. Uh, oh, that's um, disgraceful online I, I invest my uh, my money elsewhere in the club um I, uh, <laughs> on solid on solid disk drives to to give them an archive to work from bloody hell yeah <laughs> yeah I'll, I'll be i'll be i'll be crowdfunding for the next one um but uh yeah no it it, it looks good I, I don't really understand too much the, the difference between um private limited and public limited if i'm honest um perhaps one of you can explain to me perhaps i think you that- perhaps you can't I think the main gist of it was, well, what they were trying to put across was if it's a private limited company, they then don't need to go out to everybody and offer to buy their shares because they've gone over a certain amount, um, which was, I think, the the main gist of it. I'm sure there are other reasons. I don't know if Ian and Tom... Yes, Tom. The uh, reasoning behind it as well is something to do with how the voting system works in a private limited company versus a public limited company with within the board as well. I'm not entirely sure on that. Um, I, I'm pretty much like everybody else from a bit in the dark, but I did uh, have a little discussion with some other people about it and some of the people seemed to know what they were talking about and had some of those views. But hopefully there'll be some sort of idiot's guide out there to clear it up for everybody who is getting a pack because you don't have to vote until the third or return you vote until the third of may so yeah that's when it needs to be in isn't it 
uh, you know, might be if that does come to fruition, might be an idea to to wait and make an informed decision. But the board has recommended that we support the resolutions proposed, which you would assume they have done in the best interests of everybody, including the incoming uh, consortium. Um, when when you're saying write up an idiot's guide, are we also sending that to the current board as well, just in case? Or <laughs> don't possibly, possibly. Be <laughs> amazed if they even took the time to read it. Let's be honest. <laughs> well, it's nice to see they've got min- minority shareholders in in the best interests as well. So the likes of ourselves, I've got a couple of hundred quid in. So's Ian. So's Tom. Uh, so's the chairman. Um, it's. Uh... <laughs> Uh, it's nice that those minority shareholders get an idea of what we've what we've got to put in um, and what we get out of it. Um, all very positive, I thought. Um, has anyone else got to add anything on it? I'd, I'd like to. I saw the B Corporation stuff was in there. Yes, Ian. I was just going to say the same. The B Corporation stuff is um, the main positive move from it, in in my opinion, based on what B Corporations represent, and um, it, it just really kind of backs up what we've said about the consortium really from the off in terms of what they've done in the past. Um, and certainly with what I have read and learned about Stockwood and bits and pieces through his business side of things, it certainly backs up what he wants to do. And that is look after people at the end of the day. Um, and Can we get rid of some of them first? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the main ones are going, fortunately. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, yeah, let's hope that that is kind of an atmosphere that permeates throughout the club. And then um, if people are caring about one another, maybe they don't throw the headbutt at their colleagues, then that would help as well. Yeah, I mean, that would be at least a tick. Would that not be a black mark against against the company if you start headbutting people? It'd be a massive bonus if we didn't have people feeling that the way to get the best result on the pitch was to, uh, rather than heading at goal, to head at their their uh, colleague. Yeah, it would be a bonus. My favourite tweet of the week was, at least it wasn't Matt Green, because he would have missed if he tried to head put one of our players. <laughs> um, so corporate, so those of you who don't know B Corporations or haven't been able to look at it, it's essentially an organisation of companies that are working for the betterment of the community and for um, people around them. So in particular, directors will be required to consider all stakeholders' interests, including a need to foster the club's business relationship with fans, suppliers and other relevant stakeholders, the desirability of the club maintaining a reputation of high standards for business conduct. Um, so um, Boston United, you might not be getting as many um, court cases court case wins as you used to uh, the likely consequences of any decisions in the long term the interests of the club's employees the need to act fairly as between shareholders of the club the impact of the club's operations on the community and the environment and it's worth making a note as well that jason stockwood is a member of the board of the b corporations as well so um maybe he didn't have a choice of joining it anyway but um it's it hopefully will stead instead us in good stead and it's exactly what we want to be seeing um before we move on to some of the light questions and stuff is there a obviously they've set up a public limited a private limited company called 1878 partners which by the way great name um so pettit and stockwood both take on 50 percent of that company um is there a rory that play uh fans like myself and like others will be sort of expecting immediate changes will be too keen to see it we're we going to expect criticisms and such tom what are you going to say i think we've already seen that um on social media people 
asking for stuff and um, directly sort of tweeting Jason Stockwood like in, in particular. Um, and just generally, I think the history of Grimsby Town supporters in the last sort of 10 to 15 years has been one of pretty much everybody else in society, which is, if it's not instant success, um, I'm dissatisfied, um, realistically speaking. They're not going to be able to change everything overnight in the off-season, whenever they take over. It's going to take time because the, the football club has been run like a, a football club in the the mid-90s for the whole of this millennium so far. Which all I can, all I can think 20 of years. All I can think of is life of Mar- life on Mars. Can you remember that TV show? Yeah. When he went back to the seventies, <laughs> Gene Hunt's in there. I imagine that was what it was like walking in. Um, do you think there are there are quite a few things in the works? The Mariners Trust have have, have point, pointed out the fan zone, which is going in. We're getting a new shirt supplier from rumours that are around. Um, there's a new ticketing system coming on. Are they going to be get, be able to take credit for those things that are already coming aboard? There's some major pieces of it, Bruce. I think that's what sort of hit home to me over the last couple of years is that, that a lot of the the good stuff that you would like the club to be doing, the Mariners Trust have had to be doing often with volunteers, um, which again paints a picture that, you know, some people have got reservations about the trust. And um, I personally think that, that they, um, I, I hope, should I say that, they can work with the club. They seem to be doing, I think, that the people that are on the trust board um, work hard. Um, they give up a lot of their time. Have they always done everything perfectly? No. Do any of us? No. Um, but I think that the trust and I think that the the new owners, when you read the what's put out there and the statements and things like that, they're very engaged with the trust. And um, so I think the trust now, their priority needs to be increasing their fan representation because at the moment I looked the other day and there were something like 700 and some adult members to about 300. I could be wrong with the figures about 300 lifetime members and about 60 or 70 junior members. And that's not enough. They're they're historical and they know their historical retention of members when they had 3000. I think when we first went back in the league has been poor. Um, and they need to rectify that and there needs to be some sort of, on the back hopefully of the takeover, um, there needs to be some sort of, you know, let's, you know, because otherwise they're not, if they're only representing a thousand fans, are they representing our fan base? Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. I think they've made some good decisions lately. They're almost the same as the, the consortium, aren't they? Tom? Yeah, I think while we're just sort of touching on the trust, if there are any listeners who aren't a member of the trust, um, you know, I am a member of the trust. I believe Bruce is as well. I would implore you to to join the trust. The the point of the trust movement is to hold people in positions of power in football accountable. Um, If you're a member of the, the trust, you are strengthening not just the Mariners Trust, but the whole trust movement. And the trust movement is there to protect football clubs like ours. 
um, and you're only going to be able to to change and influence the trust by being a member of it and participating in it. And that's a really important point to remember. Even with this new board coming in, we're all yeah. really excited about it and we all feel like they're going to do a great job. Um, but they need to be held accountable as well. Just because they're nice people and we all like what they've got planned doesn't mean that they're exempt from accountability and everybody should remember that and look at other clubs that have gone um, in a different direction and have that as a reminder that the Mariners Trust is there to protect Grimsby Town Football Club and the Trust movement is there to protect football as a whole. Well, it's only 15 quid, I think, to join for the year. It's £100 for a lifetime membership. It's, it's a hell of an endeavour. I'm slightly biased because Christine is brilliant at what she does and has always worked hard for the club and for the fans. I think she's a great chairman to have. Um, any woman that can get a mariachi band into an away end is certainly worth <laughs> your time. So um, I can only see it being a massive positive. Ian, what were you going to say? I think that there's... there's... Between the points, and I know this wasn't really what we were looking to go into, but I don't the mind. points that <laughs> Bruce and Tom have just made about a number retain, number of fans retained and um, <clears throat> excuse me, also the holding the boards to account, that probably kind of ties in one with another because I know at times my own viewpoint on the trust, and this is not a criticism of the people involved at any stage whatsoever, um, <clears throat> but my own kind of viewpoint of the trust at times has been that they maybe haven't held the current board to account in the right way at times and I know that that's been the case with other people as well which means that if the trust is not doing what people think they should be doing naturally the numbers of people in the trust is going to drop and I I would hope because obviously there has been an election with the trust recently there's going to be a more positive feel around the club at the moment as well even if the worst comes to the worst um, in terms of our league standing, that those numbers will gradually start to pick up again as well as we move forward. Yeah, absolutely. It's 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 only a positive. Um, I I'm looking forward to seeing what everybody can do. Um, it feels like the right people are in the right places at the moment, uh, and hopefully that will um, only only continue. Right. I don't think we've got time for a game. Nobody wants to do that. I know you're all disappointed, uh, but let's rattle through some questions. Um, so Chris Stiff makes a good point. Uh, are we going to make the same mistakes and not act fast enough to keep our best players? Hewitt and Mayonnaise, if possible, like, uh, was the incident yesterday enough to punish both players as much as never playing for us again? In that my eyes, no. Surely Hurst is the right man with Doig. I think we probably agree with both of those Pete, to the end. Are we taking, uh, is is there a worry that we're going to take a bit too long? Hurst was saying he's got a lot of thinking to do after his interview. Uh, any thoughts on that? Are we at risk of losing players that we'd like to keep? And unfortunately, not acting quick enough to get rid of the ones we don't want to keep. Bruce? <laughs> I would expect play, most of the players who we want to keep to probably have other options. Um, are they going to commit to us before we know what division we're going to be in? Uh, I wouldn't think so. You'd like to think that if the takeover is going ahead, though, that, that even though there is one board in place at the moment, budget discussions and things like that, um, will be made with Paul Hurst. Uh, I think he's already touched on the fact that he's spoken to Jason um, about that sort of thing and said that he wants, an, you know, he'd like an indication as soon as possible. And I would imagine the professionalism that those people display that that will probably be forthcoming. But I, I don't know whether we're going to get the pick of the players that we want to keep. 
Oh, we're going to be left with Matt Green, aren't we? Um, let's <laughs> uh, let's uh, M180 uh, petrol station said, uh, should the uh, well, should I should have asked this before, but should the Mariners Trust sell their shares to the consortium when the offer comes? Uh, Christine immediately came back, uh, who's the obviously the chairman of the trust, said if if shareholders vote to convert the club from a PLC to a private limited company, rule nine isn't applied, and so no, no offer for anybody's shares will need to happen, which I think we've already kind of touched on already. Uh, but that's um, one thing that's happening, and that's one of the questions answered. Uh, uh, 3Q Nuts, Nuts and Rusty Bolt said, should Payne have thrown a right hook after the headbutt? Moraes was clearly open. Uh, yet again, it showed how poor he is when he has an ability and a chance to finish. Um, I'm not really sure about form. Ian, you seem to be quite um, happy about that one. What do you think? All, all that popped into my head was the old Mortal Kombat thing of just sort of Murray stood there a bit dizzy finish him finish him appearing <laughs> <laughs> was all that just popped into my mind <laughs> I, I can you remember all those old gifs of when they're trying to beat up the car and someone's put a football underneath it that that seems very town as well now that's tekken isn't it sorry that's not mortal Kombat. um i went you... sorry can i just uh i went to uh, budapest a, yeah a, a couple of years ago and there's a there's a pinball museum um, and it's just full of retro games like Mortal Russell Kombat. Russell Slade teams. <laughs> yeah. What time are we on? Just make a note of that, will you? Yeah. Um, but um, yeah, the uh, it's just full of uh, retro machines. So if anyone's ever in, in Budapest, uh, yeah, the uh, the pinball museum, some of the arcade games we spent ages in there. I think it was licensed as well. Oh, nice. Well, we remember um, that for when Town get into the Europa League in ten years' time. Nice. Yeah. Do we think um, this is not a question been asked uh, when we get relegated? How badly do you think they affect our chances of being in the championship within the next three years as uh, requested by our current chairman? Do you think it's going to be a massive issue? No one taking me up on that joke. Good. I, and I suspect it's going to be a, a huge dent and it'll be uh, some challenge to see how we recover to meet that aim. Uh, what would it give us? Two two years to do it? Two years to do it. That's no, no problem. We'll so we need effectively 48 clubs above us to fold. <laughs> I think, uh, let's be honest, I think that's what our board were hoping for this season, uh, given the team they're able to, to cobble together. Uh, John Kershaw said, we've literally tried every type of manager in recent years and they've all failed. So who is in the dugout is much less important than overall overhauling the entire operation, better facilities, better coaching, players' developments, and better uh, better scouting. I don't think any of us can disagree with that. I, but personally, I think we've got the best manager in the dugout for the time being. Anybody got anything to add to it? In fact, that comes up to Oliver Swaby, who I'm pretty sure sent this question in a couple of times now, uh, but we'll happily answer it again because we all like to envisage what we can do to change things. He said, what are the immediate changes you want to see under new owners? And secondly, what long-term changes do you want to see? Um, while you guys think, I would like us to see us partner with Ajax, just simply because it's only a short flight across the road, uh, across the, uh, the channel. I think at least branching out European-wise would not be the worst idea in the world. Um, get them away from the hustle and bustle of Amsterdam and, and only have them an hour from from um, home is not the worst idea. Might be a sort of, you know, cloud dreams that that there. I'd like to see more openness. I'd like to see uh, um, collaboration with fans. I'd like to see a better uh, work made to try and improve the atmosphere at Blundell Park. And I'd like to engage the youth of the town to start getting involved in town and to hook them on to hook them into black and white blood rather than sort of expecting football to be a TV show and wearing Liverpool shirts. 
<laughs> Anybody else got Tom? What would you like to see change? Bus to Blundell Park and park it next to where they park the one that is Lincoln City are now proposing for East Lindsay, uh, which starts in Skeg, and park it right next to it and to leave. Make sure it's a better bus. Blundell Park, exactly. Yeah, make just a better bus, which has got more nicer things on and says like, Grimsby Town special in, in the front window or something. Are we getting into Brexit territory here? I want us to go sounding very to much toe, like Boris Johnson. I want I'm, us to go toe-to-toe with Lincoln on oh, we've lost. <laughs> in, the, in the wider Lincolnshire area. I would really enjoy that. I'd, if I was like a multimillionaire, I would do it. Even if our bus was empty every week, I'd just do it every week just to I just, I, I just drive really slowly in front of the Lincoln bus so they all get delayed. On the way out of Skeg, yeah. yeah. But all I'm thinking is it looks more Jolly Boys out in my head than it looks like Borussia Dortmund's bus arriving. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, I think outreach community, I think it's a good thing. Charlton Athletic did something very similar, uh, sending out buses to buses to wider communities. It's something that we certainly should be looking at doing. Uh, it's whether or not it'll be cost effective, I guess. But um, there's got to be lots of things we can we can try and do to help improve functionality. I think those types of things are the classic short-term loss, long-term gain, aren't they? Yeah. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I think we should still do what Atalanta do. When every kid is born in Grimsby Hospital, when they do it in uh, Bergamo, they all get sent an Atlanta, uh, Atalanta shirt uh, and they get a little sign-in that says that they uh, pledge that their child is going to be a, an Atalanta fan till the day they die and it's their responsibility to bring them up on that. Tom, what are you going to say? You're really quiet to begin with. I don't understand it. There's absolutely no reason why we can't do that because Sligo Rovers have just started doing that and they're a League of Ireland team and get half the gates what we get. Um, yeah. So it's definitely feasible. It'd be nice if they could send like a little baby pack, like a Grizzly Town baby grow, like whatever shirt we need to get rid of. Um, and uh, I don't know, a couple of nappies and, you know... Uh, I don't know something else in there as well to to help out. Uh, free free babysitting from one of the eighty five midfielders we've got uh, that need to be doing something at the moment. Um, Bruce, what would you like to see change? Pretty much, uh, what you've you've sort of touched on most of the points to be honest. But the I think I tweeted the other day. I just want a club that is proud of itself and its history and its roots in the community. Um, that I can be proud of. That's nice. And, and Ian, did you want to add anything as well? Um, definitely not short term. I think we've hit the nail on the head there on the short term stuff in terms of building those links with the community and looking to try and get some more people in the area to be in town fans. Um, just stuff that would come longer term but would need to be started sort of ASAP really would be the things that Paul Hurst is looking for in terms of the training ground improvements but also just to make sure that our youth structure becomes um, one of the best around um, because we're in an area, although there's not a lot of football teams at the high end around us, there is a lot of teams who are compacted into one or two leagues or generally speaking, will be in one or two leagues. I know occasionally teams flirt with the championship at the moment. Um, and so young kids in this area are going to have a choice of where they go. And there's only so much where you can rely on a kid being a Grimsby fan for him to come to Grimsby because if they've got better prospects by playing for 
Lincoln's youth team or Hull's youth team or whatever it may be, then they're going to go there at the end of the day. Um, so I'd like to see those things worked on to to have that aim within a few years of, and, and it is going to be a real long-term thing that you probably won't see the outcome of that for 10 years, maybe. But starting it now is going to be better than uh, better late than never, as they say. Oh, well, that reminded me. We've got to say commiserations to the under-18 teams. They lost the uh, the cup final to Rochdale, unfortunately, this week. Uh, but a uh, great show by Paul Weeks and and, and the rest of the, the staff to get the team out there and to do it. The youth team has always been a, a relatively successful part of Grimsby Town's um, infrastructure, and, and hopefully long it may it continue. Uh, Paul uh, on Twitter said, um, he's looking ahead to next season. He says, do you think we can realistically expect promotion next season? There's probably going to be a... T- I assume he means that if we get relegated and he's not looking at League One. Um, do you think um, there's probably going to be a ton of changes which rarely help anybody... Although, if we can keep rolling a spin of Macca, rolling Coke and John Lewis isn't a bad start, in my opinion. I think a lot of teams of late have actually come back up straight away. So there's always a positive a possible outcome from me. How do you all feel about that? I, I haven't really thought about it too much. It'll be tough. Sorry, Tom. Um, it'll be tough. Like you said, there's a few teams that have done it, but I'll be honest, I think there's going to be a massive rebuild this year. Um, I certainly wouldn't see us going up automatically and it would almost certainly for me be a be a playoff job and then that lottery element from there. And hopefully Paul Hurst, with plenty of experience of him, would uh, give us a bit of an advantage. Perfect. Uh, Tom, what were you going to say? Yeah, of course we can achieve a promotion next year. It'll be great fun. We were. I was having this discussion with Bruce earlier on the the Twattersphere. You know, we when we were in the conference last time, we were among the promotion favourites every season. We were guaranteed a cup run in the trophy or the FA Cup, pretty much. Uh, and uh, we won more games than we lost. Took loads of people away. People who were saying it was a complete disaster. <laughs> Bruce, uh, aren't remembering it well. It was brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah he's positive he's already there Bruce what are you going to say I've seen you come off mute <laughs> oh, yeah I, I yeah I, like we said before like we said before ultimately if we've got to go down to start again but I just fear how long we might be down there but I'm not being negative I do think that having Paul Hurst in post now and I think he'll be here next season um, should mean that we don't have two 11th place finishes in our first couple of seasons. I think we should be able to assemble a squad that is competitive in the division. Now I'm not saying a bit like Ian, I'm not saying we're going to go up or anything like that. That's that, that would be foolish, but I think given the right backing um, and with the work ethic that Paul's got and Chris Doig, um, that we should be a playoff contender in our first season. Perfect. Right. That's all the questions asked before we leave you. We've got an interview with Paul Bolland on Tuesday. It'll be great to have your questions in the links to it are on Facebook, on the fishy on every Facebook group that go in and on Twitter. So add anything in you want to, it'd be great for for you to listen in and and hear what he's got to say on his time at town. Um, Has anybody got anything else to say before we make our, uh, say our goodbyes. We're getting shakes of heads. That's brilliant. Thank you all so much for joining us. We shall see you next week. Have a great weekend uh, and see you then. Bye.